This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 403. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me once again and welcome to to any first-time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Facebook lets you rewrite history with its new Manage Activity feature. How do Australians fare as e-waste recyclers and the devices that can help the blind to see? In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Sonos Arc soundbar. We'll also take a listen to the Dynaudio Z020 audio system. And we'll also check out the Alcatel 3L, a smartphone for under $200. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. I don't know if you heard about this new website I launched. No. The Facebook. You called me a bitch on the internet, Mark. That's why I wanted to talk to you. If we on could the just... internet. That's why I came over. Comparing women to farm animals. I didn't end up doing that. It didn't stop you from writing it. As if every thought that tumbles through your head was so clever it would be a crime for it not to be shared. The internet's not written in pencil, Mark. It's written in ink. That's a clip from the film The Social Network, which is written by the genius Aaron Sorkin and about the formation of Facebook. And in that scene, Mark Zuckerberg, played by Jesse Eisenberg, is talking to his ex-girlfriend. And she brings up the fact that what, what he said online uh, is there forever. And she, the, word, the line she said was, the internet is written in ink, not pencil. So in other words, whatever you put there, uh, cannot be erased. But that's kind of going to change now with Facebook because of a new feature called Manage Activity. And this allows users to go back and erase those posts that they may regret, they may have regretted posting in the past. Might have been a good idea at the time, and uh, it, unfortunately, uh, those posts remain. But now, with this new Manage Activity feature, which is available already on the mobile platform, uh, you probably need to update. It's rolling out to the mobile platform of Facebook, so you probably need to update your app both on iOS and Android. And it is coming soon to desktop. But what this basically means is that you can go back, back in time, and look at your posts. It allows you also to, there are filters, so you can search for posts, you, they even search for specific words and other people as well. You might have uh, tagged someone in a post that that they didn't that, that didn't reflect well, although they could have removed that tag back then. But uh, again, gives you that power to to take some things down that you might think reflects poorly on you. Now, why why is this important? Because the the fa- I think Facebook is now used as like a bit of a background check for people and 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 I, I remember years ago when my kids were younger when they first got onto Facebook in their early teen years and one thing I reminded them about at the time was the rule was that uh, if I didn't like your post it had to be taken down and, and f- uh, the reason I put that in place was because the 
the, the kids of that age and some other people, as a matter of fact, they don't, they've got to really consider that what they share could be there for the long haul, could be there forever. And the words I mentioned was, look, it's what you share there is seen by other people, not only by your friends, but other people, me, my family, your, your family, your, your friends. And also, too, one thing I mentioned was a future employer could perhaps look back at what you've written and it could reflect poorly. So if, if you were, say it was, a, it was a dead heat between you and another candidate for a job, another applicant, and they look back at some of your flaky posts on Facebook, that could very well tip it out of your favour. So I think this new feature will will bring some comfort to some people because uh, they may want to go back and, and get rid of some of these posts. It's also something too, I'm sure you may agree with this and even relate to this, but it's even something when you start a new relationship. I think Facebook also serves as a way to get to know the person you've just met. We, it, It's something we all do. We, we have a new Facebook friend. What do we do? We go back and look through their posts and we make it and form an opinion based on those posts. So if you've got, if you've got a lot of these posts that are, you know, maybe shared on a big night out or you're not looking your best, you might have written something, you might have been, had, had a few drinks under your belt or something going on, something that you regret doing, well, now you can go back and, and, and erase these. And, and there's a couple of options available. You can, you can archive them, which means you can keep them aside and they won't appear on your timeline anymore, or you can erase them completely. So if, uh, archiving them means you, if they're on the they're sort of put put in the uh, in the back cupboard, but erasing them obviously, as its name suggests, they're gone. But you do have thirty days to change your mind if you decide that oh, you know what that's not so bad. You can put it back on again. Then that's a possibility with the, with this new feature. So um, yeah, there, there there is a choice there. It allows you to to make make that decision, uh, and after thirty days, of course, once if, if it is erased, then it's gone forever. You, you won't be able to get it back. Uh, you can manage several posts at the same time, so you can trash in bulk if you need to. Uh, and those filters, of course, make it really easy to to search through and find posts based on words, locations, and other people in them and uh, could save you a, a lot of time. So rather than having to dig back through uh, however long, I think people have been on, I've been on Facebook for now, oh, it's getting on, I think 15 years, I think 04 is when I first got on to Facebook. And now, uh, now 04 is when it started, sorry, 07 is when I first got onto Facebook. And it's been a while, so... Uh, that's what's at 13 years ago is when I first got onto Facebook. That's a lot. That is a lot of posts to search through, and having this this filter would, would make it easier to go back in time and uh, get rid of those posts that you don't quite like, and that one the ones that make you look bad or you regret posting. I think are a great new feature, but again, not available on desktop uh, yet. It is coming to the mobile platform first. So, yeah, that clip I played at the top was from the film The Social Network, a great movie. I think uh, Aaron Sorkin won an Oscar for uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. So, uh, 
if you haven't seen it yet, it is it is a real it is a really good movie. And uh, while Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook people uh, dispute its accuracy, I think it's a it's a good snapshot of uh, how how the the social media company was formed and the people involved. Uh, some great performances too. Jesse Eisenberg's great in it, as is Justin Timberlake. He's uh, I, I, I at the time I think the movie came out in two thousand and nine or two thousand ten. I thought he was a bit unlucky not to get a best supporting actor. Oscar nomination. I thought he was excellent in that film. But uh, it was directed too by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, and with a great cast, What's Not to Like. Definitely worth watching, but also what's definitely worth doing also is uh, using this Manage Activity uh, feature that will allow you to go back and trash those posts that you may have regretted posting. Personally, I, I have no regrets on Facebook. I think three times before I post something and... That's something that I encourage my children to do, so it hasn't been a problem there. Although my my kids, or they're they're in their early twenties now, they they use Facebook very much. I think Facebook's become a, like their parents. I use Facebook a lot, but uh, they're not not a lot of younger people are on Facebook anymore. So has it become the older person's social media platform? I'm not sure. You might be you might be younger and love still love Facebook, but it seems it's not as cool as it once had. It doesn't have the same cachet as it once did back in the day. I think everything's all about Instagram and Snapchat. Well, Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram anyway, so you're kind of on Facebook there anyway. So uh, and WhatsApp, if you're on WhatsApping, Facebook owns that too. So you're kind of on Facebook anyway, using those other ones. But for the meantime, manage activity. If you do ha- want to get rid of those posts, then you know where to do it. Uh, it's it's really easy to do and uh, something that is, could come in handy in the future. If you want to read more about it, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, e-waste is a big, big problem. E-waste is short for electronic waste. So, in other words, old computers, old printers, old fax machines, smartphones, inkjet cartridges, you name it, scanners, all these big, bulky, old things, monitors, televisions, fridges, uh, anything that you can plug in and that you need to, to throw out, that, ladies and gentlemen, is called e-waste. And Australians aren't doing enough of it. Some stats from Greenbox, this is an ICT management company, say that while we are recycling about 10% of our e-waste, which is way, way too low, we are actually capable, it is possible to recycle up to 95% of those old TVs, computers, phones, copiers, printers, scanners, and fax machines. Who still has a fax machine? I think uh, there's some old fax machines that probably do need to be thrown out as e-waste. The issue with e-waste, too, is that if we do throw them away, they end up in landfill. And the problem with that is that these devices have chemicals in, in them. They have mercury, they have lead, and if these leak out into the soil, into the water table, then it's a, it's a risk to the environment and to the population. Hence the reason why 
recycling e-waste is the way to go because they strip all these these products, they strip the boards, they take all the, out all the metal, the plastic is repurposed, the metal is repurposed, everything is shredded and remade. What they do with e-waste is quite interesting. Uh, they use uh, some of the e-waste to make th- other things. Like I've, I've seen street furniture and park benches made out of old inkjet cartridges. So there's a way to repurpose this stuff rather than it just sitting in the ground. Now, worldwide, there is, per year, there is 50 million tonnes of e-waste that is produced. Now, of that, Australians produced 700,000 tonnes. Now, to get, get your head around how much that is and how much could potentially end up in landfill the way we're going, seven. 100,000 tonnes of e-waste. That's very hard to comprehend what that is. But here, here it is. Here's what it is the equivalent of. It's the equivalent of 1,750 jumbo jets. That's a lot of landfill. That's, that's huge. And unfortunately for us, more than 80% of the world's e-waste. So it's not just Australia. We're, we're, we're not the worst in the world. We're among the worst in the world. More than 80% of the world's e-waste is illegally dumped. And a lot of it ends up in landfill. A lot of them just put, people just chuck it out, dump it. Next council cleanup, have a look down your street. The council cleanup does add up, it does go to e-waste. And, and speaking of that, councils are a great way to get rid of your e-waste. A lot of councils. I know my council does. I live in I live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, so my council is Bayside, which is a combination of uh, Botany Bay Council and Rockdale Council. We're now one big council, Bayside, and I think every second Saturday of the month, or perhaps even the third, I can't remember, but there's one Saturday a month where you can drop off your e-waste. So if you are throwing out an old computer or any old device, an old TV, an old monitor this is where you can take it. So as an individual, there are there are ways for you to to do to recycle your e-waste responsibly through the council. Drop-off points also, a lot, a lot of stores and I think Australia Postal has a drop-off point for little items like phones and inkjet cartridges and things like that. Larger items you probably have to go through council. Uh, there are other companies like Mobile Muster among many others that also offer these services. And of course, large companies, corporations have a, a responsibility, of course, to at, at end of life of their products to recycle them responsibly. That's where Greenbox comes into it. They're a, uh, a management company that can handle large fleets of old computers and, and other other e-waste so that a company, a large corporation with a massive fleet of computers that need dumping, uh, they would use a company like Greenbox who help manage that those resources. And it, once the life cycle of that technology is over, they dispose of them in a responsible way. I think that's important because uh, if we can recycle the, this e-waste, then uh, less stuff filled in the, in the landfill, less chance of there being lead and mercury and God knows what other chemicals could uh, get into the soil and the water table. So uh, best, I think we can, there's plenty of room for improvement here as these stats show. Only 10% is what we're doing, but we're capable of 95%. So that's a, that's a pretty decent, pretty big shortfall there. You want to read more about e-waste and see some great pictures of some old e-waste, check out our story at techguide.com.au. 
Well, next up is a report on a couple of devices that I checked out, and uh, these are from a company called OrCam, O-R-C-A-M, OrCam. And they have a couple of products that are designed for visually impaired people uh, and people with reading difficulties and learning difficulties. And they are quite remarkable. There are two products, the OrCam MyEye 2.0 and there's the OrCam Read. Let's start with the OrCam MyEye 2.0, which is a device that can attach to the side of a pair of glasses. So in this uh, instance, it fits, fits on the arm of the glasses, points forward, so it obviously points where you're looking. Now, what this remarkable product is, it's a, it's a smart camera on board. It has, it's got a 13 megapixel smart camera, uses artificial intelligence to process information, to read text, to read, and not only text, printed text, but read books, uh, can read pages from the newspaper, menus, signs, product labels, and that's not even starting with the screens. Can read computer screens, tablets, and smartphone screens as well. So the, the that that's one that attaches to your glasses. Or Cam Read is more just a reader that uh, has is a handheld device as well for customers with mild low vision reading difficulties like dyslexia. So that's a that's a that just does the reading for you. But the OrCam MyEye 2.0 does a lot more than just reading. It can not only re- recognize text, it can also recognize people. It can actually, remember, have a database of 100 different faces. So once it recognizes a face, following a one-off entry process, the OrCam MyEye 2 can recognize, help you recognize them in future. So if, if uh, that person comes into your eye line again, it'll whisper in your ear, so there's a speaker located near your ear, the name of that person. So if someone walks in and say, hey, John Smith, how are you going? And it will allow you to save a 100 of those faces, can be stored and instantly recognised as well. But it goes even further. It can even recognise physical objects like products and even money. So if you pull out a, a note out of your wallet, the OrCam MyEye 2.0 can actually tell you, oh, that's a $20 note. It can also, if you're in the supermarket, get this, it can also scan barcodes. So if you're in the supermarket, you got you can hardly see, but you can hold up a tin or other product in a packet, scan the barcode, and it'll tell you what it is. And you can even store up to 150 of your favourite products. So when you're doing the shopping, it will allow you to check on the spot what you're holding in your hand, the product, before you put it into your trolley. The, uh, I mentioned that it can also recognise banknotes, but it can also recognise credit cards as well. So when it's time to pay, you pull out your wallet and whether you've got a credit card, it'll tell you, oh, that's a Commonwealth Bank Visa card, ANZ Bank MasterCard. So it tells you what you're holding and then will allow you to make the payment. Or if you want to use your banknotes, it'll allow you to do that as well. But it doesn't end there. It can also identify colour. So say you're a visually impaired shopper and you want to buy an item of clothing or a gift it will allow you to see the colour. Well, not it won't let you see it, but it'll tell you what the colour is. Say you're shopping for a blue shirt, you can hold up a shirt and it'll tell you, oh, that's blue, or it's red, or it's green. Whatever it is, it'll tell you. Now, moving on to the OrCam Read, it's basically just a reading tool. So we'll work with a newspaper, a book, read your, you read your screen as well. 
and it has the similar 13 megapixel smart camera as well. And the text is read out through this small built-in speaker. It also, users can also attach Bluetooth earphones. So rather than it blasting out it so everyone can hear it, you can have a Bluetooth pair of earphones or headphones on. So it, it'll pair with those headphones and earphones. So it, it, you can just hear it through those rather than through the loudspeaker. And there's also a 3.5mm headphone jack in the OrCam Read that can also connect wired headphones, of course, or earphones. Now, these two products, as amazing as they are, they're quite expensive. The, the OrCam MyEye 2.0 is priced at $7,250. The OrCam Read, while cheaper, is still $3,250. There's cutting-edge technology here, hence the reason why they're so expensive. Now, I have been told there are some free apps you can download that, that are, I think one's called uh, Text text IQ, I'm not sure, but it's a free, it, it does some very basic reading, not, not to the level that you have here. Now, in terms of those high prices, the, these products, they can be possibly subsidised with a grant from the NDIS, that's the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So don't think, oh, God, I can't afford $7,200. Well, if you're visually impaired to a level where you you are, 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 are relevant, are uh, able to get a grant, I should say, from the, the NDIS, so you're, you're eligible, then this, they could offset that cost uh, significantly or maybe completely, depending on your circumstances. So whether, whether that becomes... A $2,000 product or free depends on what sort of grant you're getting from the NDIS. But something to look at because if we can, I'm happy for my taxpayer dollars to go to fund a product like this that can help visually impaired people to virtually see again. Great products there, some impressive technology uh, from Orcam, the Orcam Read and the Orcam MyEye 2.0. Uh, if you want to check them out further, you can even see a picture of myself wearing the Orcam MyEye 2.0. So they're on attached to a pair of glasses just to see what they look like. There's also a picture of, a, of an older lady wearing them as well. And uh, you can check that out too. If you want to read that, it's on our story at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our mates at Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi feeling old? Does it buffer while streaming and does connecting new devices slow it down? We're doing things like gaming and video calls, streaming. And what happens when we do all that at once? Doesn't that matter how fast your internet connection is? It's how well your Wi-Fi operates. And if your Wi-Fi is old and outdated, then you're going to have problems. With the Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest technology that allows more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting speed or reliability. The result delivers a fast Wi-Fi performance for all your devices in your home. You can stream in HD, 4K, even 8K without buffering and eliminate lag while gaming and connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever before. Orbi Wi-Fi 6, it's like upgrading your Wi-Fi to first class. If you're ready, Netgear's best best Wi-Fi ever. You can get it today from Netgear and never worry about Wi-Fi again. Check out Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 at netgear.com forward slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec.
Got some great reviews for you this week. A couple of audio products and a smartphone. We're going to kick off with the Sonos Arc. This is a new soundbar from Sonos, who are a very well-known company. I'm sure you've heard of Sonos before. They were sort of the pioneers of the wireless speaker and multi-room speaker setup. And their speakers are brilliant. They sound fantastic. They, you can easily operate them through your smartphone using their app. You can stream your music. Well, in this case, you'll be able to connect it to your television and enjoy some pretty decent audio quality. Now, the, the Sonos Arc gets its name from its design. It has this sweeping 270-degree front curved panel. That's why it's called Arc in case you were wondering. So it offers this really nice seamless look. It's available in black or white, so it can easily uh, suit your home's decor. Uh, and we had the black one, so we connected it to our LG OLED TV. Uh, it comes with a single HDMI cable, and what you're supposed to do is connect it into the HDMI eARC port. So it's eARC stands for Audio Return Channel. So you'll be able to control the arc volume using your TV remote control. So it all syncs together. So when I was uh, increasing the volume on the TV with the soundbar, it worked through the LG remote control, and you could see on screen the volume, the plus button being illuminated or minus button. Uh, didn't didn't give me the numbers. Didn't give me the volume value because uh, you know when you when you you know kind of the, the highest volume like I know in my theater here I know that if I've got it on a, at a certain volume that that might be when I get the text message to turn it down so at least you know I know that kind of limit I can hover around that with the arc the, there was no numerical value given to the volume so you don't know how far you've turned it down until you finished and then might not be it's still loud you've got to be turning it down again anyway sure that, that's one of one of the only downsides of the product uh but set up again pretty easy you you connect it uh to the arc you also put connected to power of course and then you set it up through the sonos app really easy to set up if you've got an existing sonos account and existing sonos products it's a breeze and you'll get through it really quickly if it's your very first setup again pretty quick and you can easily create an account and get moving. Now, you what, during the setup, you also get the choice too whether you want to use Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant. You can uh, this this offers then voice control for the Arc, which is a giant smart speaker as well. When you think of it, and you can also control the volume using your voice. You might say uh, turn the volume down by twenty percent, and it'll do it. And you might even say turn the volume down to five and it'll take it down to what it considers five. It won't give you that number on the screen, though. That's just you saying it. Five might still be loud, for all we know. Uh, but, the, yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that helps you adjust your volume and without even having to touch a remote control, which is pretty handy. There is There are physical controls on top of the Arc, too, if you want to adjust the volume. Now, what's the big deal about the Arc, I hear you asking? Well, this is not, a, apart from it being a Sonos product, it is a virtual surround sound soundbar, which also has Dolby Atmos. Now, this provides a virtual 5.0.2 surround sound. The reason it's an O in the middle is because there's no subwoofer out of the box. You can add, though, of course, the Sonos sub, which is brilliant. That's $999 just on its own. The Arc, though, is also $1,399, which I was going to tell you later anyway. But on its own, the Arc is pretty solid. It, 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 and, and does have actually decent bass, even without the sub. 
we, we used it on its own and we'll, I was quite impressed. There are 11 onboard drivers which fire front, top and even out the sides of the soundbar to create that virtual surround sound, but also Dolby Atmos. So it fires up to the, to the top, sort of fires upwards and kind of bounces the, the sound off the ceiling so that you can hear that added layer of the soundtrack. There, there are plenty of movies. Like we, we naturally we gave the Star Wars movies a great, great send send around with these. And the thing with the Star Wars movies on 4K disc, I've mentioned this on a podcast a few weeks ago, that the discs of the Star Wars movies on 4K have Dolby Atmos, but the streaming services like Disney Plus doesn't. They offer 4K at a lower bit rate. But they don't have Dolby Atmos. It's just a normal surround soundtrack. So the advantage of disc is multiple here. The multiple advantage of having a disc, better bit rate, better everything, but also better sound, that additional soundtrack. And on movies like Star Wars and, and every other big action movie that comes out, uh, the Dolby Atmos soundtrack really makes a difference and, and worthy of, uh, of you buying the disc to enjoy that added layer of sound that seems to come from above you, drop down on you, sort of swirl around above you. It, it does add another layer to your enjoyment of the movie. And, of course, non-Dolby Atmos movies still sounded good. There was sound coming from the sides and even behind us uh, and sounded great. Um, now, depending on where you want to listen to this, if, if this is set up in a smaller room, it's better. Like we set ours up in our, it's kind of our big open plan room. And while it sounded okay, it could have sounded better if it was, if the sort of the sound wasn't as, as more, a bit more contained. Having such a big room, the sound kind of sprays everywhere, still has its, 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 its def- definition. It still has those, uh, those points where it is pretty, the, the clarity is pretty high, but in a smaller room that with four walls, it is a lot better. Just keep that in mind. But the good thing though is that you can uh, optimize the sound using the TruePlay tuning feature. That that's on the Sonos app. So if you're uh, an iPhone app user, sorry if you're an Android user, that doesn't work with Android. But if you're an iPhone Sonos, if you've got the Sonos app on your iPhone, TruePlay lets you use your phone's microphone. Uh, to to get a good feel of the room and then optimize the sound. We did that, and it sounded great. Don't get us wrong, but it, we we do. I know for a fact it could have sounded better because uh, this big open plan room wasn't wasn't ideal for this situation. But nonetheless, still a fantastic result. Also, we've got a couple of go to scenes for our testing our 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 audio products and our especially our sound bars and another devices that we use while watching TV and uh, the other the other scene we use this is one of sort of one of our go-to test scenes for those of you who've watched Master and Commander starring our very own Russell Crowe owner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs he uh, he stars in Master and Commander and the one of the opening scenes is an attack on his ship the HMS Surprise from this French ship they've been trailing and this brilliant scene shows uh, Crow looking out, or his his captain Maturin. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, forget forget what his name is. He's looking through the telescope, and he sees these these flashes in the cloud bank, and that's obviously this ship firing their cannons. And he tells everyone to get down, and the sound of the cannons ripping through the boat, uh, the surprise is remarkable. And if, if you haven't seen this, it's just it's worth watching just for that scene. If you've got a surround sound system, 
that you think is pretty good, then if you should showcase it with this scene. Now, on the on the soundbar, it went ballistic. It sounded really good. The arc really handled that well. Uh, not obviously not as good as our home theater with individual speakers everywhere, but still good enough to give us goosebumps. The, the Sonos Arc did a really good job. Uh, if you can't, if you haven't got an E Arc connection or just an Arc connection on the HDMI, the uh, if your TV TV doesn't support that, there is a you can you can connect with an optical cable, but the cost there is that you won't be able to have Dolby Atmos. That's only delivered through a HDMI connection. You still get decent surround sound though. So it's like having your normal surround, but you won't get the Dolby Atmos effect. Uh, and it's also, too, don't forget, it's a Sonos speaker. You can stream your music to this thing, even when you're not watching TV. So it is like another multi-room speaker that you can that you can uh, include in your setup. I did mention not having the numerical value for the volume. Probably one of the only downsides. It's a minor complaint, but... I like a number. I don't know whether that's OCD of me or what. And even when I get a number, it has to be an even number. I definitely am OCD. You're right. The Sonos Arc is $1,399. Uh, it does not include the sub, although the base actually was pretty good with the Arc. If you do want to spring for the sub, that's an extra $999. So you're looking at uh, $1,499. Sorry, $2,399 if you want a the sub in as well. That, and what you're getting for your money, the sub adds so much to that to any Sonos speaker. It would it would be take it up to a whole new level. But it's going to cost you an extra nine hundred ninety nine dollars on top of the one thousand three hundred and ninety nine dollars. But Sonos Arc Sonos customers uh, will probably this will be probably a reflex action to buy this speaker, this soundbar. It it does sound fantastic. Doesn't go on sale though till June the tenth, which is this week. So uh, you heard it here first. The Sonos Arc is a brilliant soundbar. If you're a Sonos fan, it's a no-brainer. If you're new to a soundbar and want to uh, start with a high-quality choice, the Sonos Arc can definitely fit the bill. If you want to read our complete review, check it out at techguide.com.au. While we're on the sort of the audio theme here, I thought we'd uh, add another review this week. The uh, Dyn Audio Zio. I think it's Zio. It's X-E-O. I'm, I'm saying Zio. Zio 20. This is uh, what appear to be bookshelf speakers. Now, when I was first offered this product to review, they sent me a photo of it, and I thought it was just a speaker. I'm thinking, what am I going to play through this? But what I didn't realize was that the Dyn Audio Zio 20 these are a pair of speakers, are active speakers. So they are their own source and they can connect to each other wirelessly. They can also allow you to determine which of the speakers you want to be your left speaker and your right speaker. There's a little switch on the back. So you can say, right, I want this to be left, I want this to be right. And on the master speaker, which is the master speaker can be identified because there are there are connections on it. So there are ports to uh, add an optical cable, stereo RCA, phono, 3.5mm auxiliary as well. So that's the master speaker. And whether you make that your left or right, it's still the master because it's got those other connections. Now, they connect to each other using high using 24-bit Wi-Fi. So you're getting a really solid connection. And... 
The the Bluetooth is also aptX Bluetooth, so you're getting a great stream. That's the first thing we did was we connected the speakers, found it on the found it with our Bluetooth pairing, and Bob's your uncle. It was we were listening to music through them, and they were brilliant. And that's just through streaming. We didn't connect a CD player, or a turntable, or even an old tape deck, which you can with this thanks to those connections. So it's kind of old school and new school. Old school, like bookshelf speakers. Remember those little mini stereo systems you used to buy in the 80s and 90s? And that, that, that sort of, it gives you that kind of old school feel, but the new tech of having the speakers be their own source, so they're active speakers, and having those connections on the back as well really makes them versatile. Each speaker is 32 centimetres high, so they're not massive floor-standing speakers, but they do deliver a massive sound. So don't underestimate the quality of these just by looking at the size of them. 32 is still decent. So they're bookshelf size, but they sound fantastic. In fact, the speakers uh, were inspired by Dyn Audio's LID, L-Y-D, it's LID I'm, I'm assuming is pronounced, they're professional studio monitors. So here you're hearing what musicians are used to hearing, the quality of that sound. The musicians who made the music you're listening to you're getting the same quality they had when they were making that music. So it's a 14-centimetre Esotec MSP driver, 28-millimetre Esotec Soft Dome tweeter, and they include Dyne Audio's signature technology, including aluminium voice coils and a magnet system, and everything is powered by a 65-watt digital amplifier with each amp tuned precisely and optimised for the driver it's powering. So a lot of attention to detail here, and I haven't got to the price yet, but the, you'll get an idea of how much detail and how much quality you're getting out of these things. The sound quality is really hard to describe in a podcast because you need to hear these for yourselves, and to my ears, they sounded brilliant. We had them placed about 1.5 metres apart, and yet, no, they're not socially distancing. 1.5 metres apart in our lounge room, so there's no TV in this room. This is where we listen to music. This is where we test our audio products. Uh, so no TV in the room. This is just for listening. And they sounded remarkable. And I, and I sat, said earlier, setup was a matter of minutes. We paired our phone to stream our music. I think we had an iPhone. We were streaming Apple Music. And it also comes with a remote control as well. So you can to take control of everything, control the volume, go to the next track, all of those things. Even if you connect a source to the speakers, you also can control them also through this remote control as well. And that that sort of gives you another that that the remote having the remote is another another sort of uh, look back, a hark back to these older systems that are designed for people to sit down to listen to. Now there's two types of listeners. There's a type of listener who deliberately listens to music. And by that I mean they sit down in a room, put on an album, and hear it. They sit there and, and like, instead of you watching a movie, you sit there and watch a movie, audiophiles sit there and listen to an album. They've got their listening room, and these, these this sort of listener is not going to waste their time sitting in a room listening to a crappy speakers. They want the best. That's why they spend big money. That's why there's a demand for these sorts of products. Now, for, for the other type of listener, you might be this. You, you're probably listening to this podcast now in your car, 
You might be listening to me now while you're on a walk, while you're in the gym, if you might be on a train or a bus, and you probably once, hopefully once you finish the podcast, listen to the end, you might decide, I'm going to listen to some music now. And so you're listening to music in a totally different way. You're listening to music in the background. So likely you're probably doing something else when you're listening to your music, whether it's training, whether it's uh, walking, we're doing whatever you're doing, you're doing it just to have it in the background. You're not just sitting there doing nothing else, which is why a product like this would appeal to an audiophile. And an audiophile is obviously a fan of audio. They, they know good quality when they hear it. They're not afraid to spend a bit of money to get to achieve that quality. And the Dyn Audio ZO20 speakers deliver. The sound quality is remarkable. No matter what sort of music you're listening to, whether you're into heavy metal or classical music or whatever, jazz, electronic, whatever, I tried them all. And these speakers were brilliant no matter what type of music I was listening to. And while they're capable of blowing the roof off the room, they're also incredibly high quality even at lower volumes. Not everyone's blasting music. In fact, I think... Loud, the louder they go, and they, there was no distortion at all at the highest volume. They were still crystal clear, really good. So, but but again, no, not everyone is blasting their music. People like it at a medium volume, uh, perhaps they want to. They don't want to um, disturb the rest of the people in the house, or they just that's their preference. Is they don't want to have it too loud. So, it, it, no matter how you want to listen to it, it was really, really impressive. Now. I'm going to tell you the price now. These speakers are $3,399. So just a little bit more expensive than your average smart speaker. But again, the type of customer who's going to look at these, they're not going to blink at that price. I think there's audiophiles that would pay that much for a cable for their audio systems. And when you consider that the, the, an audiophile wouldn't blink at spending 20000 on a turntable, so these speakers, uh, while they might sound expensive to you, perhaps you, you, or maybe not, you might be an audiophile and think these are the these are brilliant. But again, it depends on the type of customer you are. If that if that price sounds too expensive for you, then you're not an audiophile. If that price is reasonable, then you are a big fan of audio and are willing to pay for that kind of quality. And that exactly, that quality is exactly what the Dyn Audio ZO20 speakers deliver. If you want to read our complete review, check it out, techguide.com.au. Our last review on the show is a, a smartphone, and this is an, the Alcatel 3L. Now, this is a device that has a 6.2-inch HD Plus display. It has a triple camera system that includes a 48-megapixel camera. It also has a 4,000 milliamp-hour battery and also has fingerprint security and face unlock. It's pretty slick, too. It's thin. It's 8.5 millimeters. Weighs just 165 grams. The 6.22-inch screen has a high-definition resolution of 720 by 1520, so it is pretty good, pretty clear, pretty sharp. Now, for all of that, the price is $199. I've said in my story, it redefines the meaning of smartphone value. Now, if I had read out those features and added another brand name to it, 
you'd probably expect me to say that they were this was an $899 phone or a $599 phone. But Alcatel is in the habit of really delivering affordable smartphones that have quite, Im- quite impressive features. You'd have to agree that feature set for a phone under 200 bucks is pretty good. Uh, there's a small notch on top of the screen on the front. That's, got, that's for the front-facing 8-megapixel camera. It, uh, that also has HDR, by the way, which is pretty good. Again, under 200 bucks. You can shoot high definition through that front camera, 1080p at 30 frames, and as well, as well through the back cameras as well, through a triple camera system, which includes a 48-megapixel, 5-megapixel uh, ultra-wide camera, and a 2-megapixel macro camera. So it's got all bases covered there. So all your photographic needs are addressed here. Uh, and it's, it can't shoot 4K, which is, I think, forgivable for a phone that's less than 200 bucks. But it can, as I said, shoot full high-definition video 30 frames per second. Now, there are some pictures that I took, and they are on my, our review on Tech Guide, and you'd have to agree they're actually decent quality. I did a whole bunch of uh, smartphone comparisons on our YouTube channel. So check us out, Tech Guide on YouTube. We'd love you to subscribe to that channel and also give us a like and maybe even leave a comment. Uh, so as well as having our story on Tech Guide, we did also feature the 3L in a roundup of the best smartphones under $500. You can actually view that video, which is embedded in our review of the Alcatel 3L. So feel free to check that out as well. But look, the Alcatel, the photos turned out terrific. And, and I think quality-wise, not far off of a, a smartphone camera that cost, that, that cost five times as much. Uh, I think uh, the other bonus too is having that 4,000 milliamp hour battery lasted us a day and a half when we were reviewing this phone. It also, also still has a headphone jack. So if you're a fan of plugging in your headphones and earphones, the Alcatel 3L will not only be an affordable phone, but also will suit your, your needs there with a, with a headphone jack. The only downside I could find with this phone is it's not water resistant. I think for a sub-$200 phone, probably not the, not the worst negative on a phone, but a hell of a lot for your money. Tremendous bang for your buck. As I said, redefines what smartphone value is all about. The Alcatel 3L priced at $199 is available now from Vodafone stores. And if you want to check out a complete review, you can see that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is also supported by our good friends at Norton. And in, we're living in a world now where we're all connected. Internet security is essential. You know, we've heard of cyber attacks and big data, phishing scams, online predators. Cyber threats have evolved, and it's scary how much they've evolved, which is why you need a product like Norton 360, because it has evolved as well. The new Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and for your online privacy. It's available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our friends at Belkin. If you need a charger, a cable, uh, a speaker, they've got you covered. In fact, they've just released a whole new range of chargers for both iPhone and Android devices, so check them out. 
Now, on the help desk this week, we had a, an interesting email from a parent who had, a, I think, a six-year-old child who was using her Samsung tablet using Chrome, and she found that uh, the, her child was clicking on various ads, and they were leading uh, him to sites that were not really suitable for six-year-old boys. And she, her question was asking about parental controls and how she can what she needs. Now, Chrome does actually have some settings that allow you to control. Uh, they have what they call site settings, so makes the ads unclickable, uh, can ban certain types of um, sites as well. So a lot of things you can you can access there that will help you control what information and what websites you can visit. So it does it blocks it, it does things like uh, pop up ads being blocked, ads blocked on site on, on sites that that show intrusive or misleading ads. Uh, it'll it'll ask if you uh, it can also determine whether you will allow the person to download files from sites. Things like that, so you can have some level of control when you, depending on the sort of site you want to allow to for your this person to visit, and in this case, six-year-old child, you don't want to do too much. But that alone isn't enough, in my opinion. I think you need a product like our sponsors, Norton. They're, they're Norton Three Hundred and Sixty, which I spoke about a moment ago. They have tremendous parental controls on their on that product and because you've got multiple licenses, you've got up to five licenses with each version of Norton 360. So one of those licenses could be put on the tablet and that'll give you complete parental control of that device as well. The other question we had was from a reader looking for, uh, I think he described it as a boom mic, a microphone they can that they can use so they can talk hands-free on their smartphone. And I think that, I did tell them that when they're out and about, though, they said they wanted to be hands-free. And my answer was that was that all these new wire-free earphones all have microphones built in, and some of them are really good microphones. In fact, I've done radio interviews talking through these wire-free earphones, and it's been a terrific result. So rather than looking for a specific product that can basically only be used while you're making phone calls, I think what, what this person was after was kind of the old Bluetooth uh, earpiece, which which are great, and I think they still make those, but it's kind of it's it's a bit old hat now. I don't think many people use those anymore, unless you're a, a businessman or something like that, or a businesswoman or whatever you want to do, or business person, I should say. Um, and not very common though right now. So I think the ideal solution I think would be the wire-free earphones. And not only are they going to be your microphone, but they also allow you to listen to music in decent quality as well. So kind of two birds with one stone. If you do get a call while you're listening to your music, then you've got a microphone right there. So I'd, I'd say forget the boom mic. I'd go the wired earphones for you to use. I think that is the better solution than looking like you're from the early 2000s with a Bluetooth earpiece. And we have written about plenty of wire-free earphones here on Tech Guide. And that is our show for this week. Everything we've talked about, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, email us at info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. Uh, and also Norton, the company that can keep you 
and your family safe online. Support the sponsors that support us. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>